Memorial Day weekend, and of course I know that there are people that are traveling, we have some of our members that are out of town, but I'm glad that you're here today, and we're going through a series, if you're visiting with us today, in this Sunday School Hour called Salt and Light. I'm basically going through uh, the Bible. There's some great metaphors uh, in the Word of God that really helps us understand the Christian life, who we are, what God expects of us. And uh, I thought it was fitting with, with uh, Memorial Day to come to this one metaphor where we see this morning that we are in the Bible likened to a soldier. And uh, you may not think of yourself that way, but you'll see this morning that all of us, if we are a child of God, we should be a soldier in the Lord's army. So look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through, and we'll read down to verse number 5 this morning. And the Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for mastery, uh, masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. So this morning as we look at this passage in 2 Timothy, he's liking us to, uh, those of us that are, are a child of God, to a soldier, uh, a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. And a good soldier, as we understand soldiers, and, and maybe some of you, I know some of you have served in the military, in various branches of the military, but a good soldier always follows the command of his leader. And the reason that he follows those commands is because they want to win a military victory, whatever the, the battle, whatever it may be. And he is a soldier that is faithful to the end. See, a soldier that really understands his duty, and in many of them, it's a calling for them, uh, they are faithful to the end, whether it's victory or defeat. In other words, in life and in death, they're willing to give of themselves. As a matter of fact, that's what today is all about, Memorial Day, remembering the the ultimate sacrifice of so many for the freedoms that we enjoy. Now, a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ is one also that has a duty to do, and that duty is to the Lord. Uh, just like those soldiers, they, they understand their duty, they do their duty regardless of the circumstances and regardless of, of how difficult things seem to be. And when we liken that to the Christian life, here's what we realize is, God never promised us that it would be smooth sailing all the time. Matter of fact, when we got saved, we became a part of the body of Christ, we really started, our lives started in the battle. The Christian life is a spiritual battle. And we, we need to see this, we need to understand it. I think uh, Paul, writing to those in Ephesus, notice what he says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You, you have to understand in your life as a Christian that if you're living for the Lord, you are living daily in a war zone. Every day, uh, if you're, again, if you're living for the Lord, that you are being bombarded. 
And when he likens here in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about we wrestle not. Now that word wrestle, again wrestling, here's what it involves. It involves an intense struggle for supremacy. I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched, but uh, in, in the past, I would in school and things like this, I, I would watch people wrestle and, and they would have a certain uh, parameter that they would have to stay inside. They would have an opponent and the whole goal was to either pin their opponent to the, to the mat or to get them outside that, that certain area where they would either have a penalty or they would be disqualified. And so a wrestler is one that, that understands an intense struggle. And when we think about this, a wrestler, as before they step into that ring, they are one that prepares themselves in every way possible. And as a wrestler, as they go in there to, to wrestle, they're going to give their very best. You know, the songwriter wrote years ago, give of your best to the master. God shouldn't get our leftovers. God should get our very best. I'm glad that we've had uh, men and women who have gone off uh, to certain battles and, and even today are in certain parts of the world and they're giving their best and they're doing it for, for our country. They're doing it for our freedoms. See, Christians should also prepare for the spiritual battle. If you, if you were to go there and spend some time in Ephesians, you, you see that passage where it talks about put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, the devil has these fiery darts. He's seeking whom he may devour. Uh, the devil would love to make us as Christians to disappear, but Paul instructs Timothy. He says, look, Timothy, I just want to instruct you in one thing. You need to fight the good fight of faith. Did you hear what he said? He didn't say lay down your arms. He said fight. And then he said it was a good fight. See, there's a, there's a cause worth fighting for. And he says, it's the good fight of faith. Folks, if we lay down our arms on what we believe, then what, what are our children and our children's children going to have someday? And so as we think about being a soldier, all right, understand this morning that Paul is writing here to Timothy in, first, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and Paul gives some qualities of what a good soldier of Jesus Christ is. And, and again, maybe you're not well versed in this, but this morning maybe God would heighten your awareness. Hey, I want to be a good soldier for the Lord. Well, what are those qualities that he writes about? The first one is we, a good soldier is a strong soldier. Go back to verse number one. He says, thou therefore, my son, be strong. But notice here, he's not talking about in yourself, in your flesh. He says, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I mean, nobody sets out to be weak. As we go to battle, just like our, our, our men and women, our soldiers of our country, they are fit to go into battle. Uh, you'll, you'll see here in the lesson this morning, but I'll, I'll tell you this, I was in a, I was in a store yesterday and there was, a, there was a man that was in there and he was walking around looking at some stuff and I was looking at some stuff and and uh, he was uh, trying to purchase something. He was talking to this guy. And as he was walking out, now I'm not, I'm not judging or anything. I'm just telling, I'm just my ob observation while I was in there. He was, he was getting ready to walk out and he had a, he had a veteran's hat on and, and he was kind of carrying on with this guy. And I thought to myself, 
I, I bet you he didn't look like that when he served in the military. Uh, time changes things on all of us, does it not? <laughs> I know for a lot of soldiers, a lot of them are like, uh, when you ask them, hey, have you, can you get back in your uniform? A lot of them just chuckle, you know? They're like, there's no way. As a matter of fact, I think, I, yeah, see there? I think it's like the ultimate when, when somebody can actually get back in their, their uniform uh, most time it's just hanging up there in the closet, just something to look at. But, but listen, we have to understand as we battle for the Lord, we've got to be strong in the grace. When, when I think about soldiers, uh, you know, they're, they're always looking for new recruits. Uh, they're looking for someone that can step into the ranks. And when, when you talk about a new recruit, what do they have to go through? What's it called? Basic training or, or some call it boot camp, you know. And, and again, you think about all that they go through. Well, what's the goal of training? It's to make those recruits physically fit, to be strong, to be disciplined, to be able to endure. In other words, that training prepares them for future service. And they've got to go through that. They've got to meet those requirements. Well, how do they do that? How does a soldier become a strong soldier, especially one for the Lord, two ways this morning. Notice the first one is that being fit comes from the proper diet. Now, I know that's not a famous popular word among us, all right, because we're Baptists, right? But a proper diet. Now, when you think about a proper diet, here's the, here's the thing is, if we are soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ, a proper diet comes from the Word of God. Look what it says here in your Bible. Job writes this. He says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Whose mouth is he talking about? He's talking about God's mouth, right? In other words, he's talking about the words of God. They're more important to me than, than my breakfast that I'm going to eat. Now, I've said this in the past. <clears throat> we never did this at our house. Maybe we should have. But I did know some people years ago that they had a rule at their home no, no Bible, no breakfast. I mean, they literally, their kids had to read their Bible in the morning before they, they got to eat breakfast. That's pretty stiff. But they were trying to teach their children that what was the most important thing for their... The Bible says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, what, is it, what does a meal do for us? It gives us nourishment for maybe an hour, a couple hours. Some of you right now, breakfast is already worn off. I can tell by looking at you. You know, Some of you right now, it's only been 15 minutes, and that donut that you just had in your hand that you thought was manna, it's already worn off. You know, the, You're coming down from the sugar high. I can see your eyes are starting to wane a little bit, getting heavy this morning. Listen, we have to understand, if we're going to be a good soldier, we've got to have a proper diet, and that proper diet comes from the word of God. Look what the psalmist said. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Talking about the word of God. Uh, Jeremiah says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Look, we should desire, as the Bible says, the sincere milk of the word of God. I mean, we need the Word of God. Why? Because it helps us to grow. It helps us to be strong. Uh, look, athletes especially, they're serious and they understand the importance of eating right food. <clears throat> they don't eat junk food if they're training for something. 
they're eating properly, they're monitoring their calories, they're watching their protein counts and things like that. Proper diet is so important, especially for a soldier. And it's equally important for a Christian. Christian soldiers must be spiritually fit. Why? Remember the verse in Ephesians 6? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, the Bible says. We've got to make sure we have the proper diet. And the proper diet for the soldier is the Word of God, the meat of the Word of God. Don't just read your Bible to, to, to do it out of duty. Read your Bible to learn from it. God, teach me something today. Make me a stronger Christian. So many times what we do is we read our devotions and we call them Twinkie devotions. You know, what's, what's a Twinkie going to do for you? You do know that they're just lard with cream in them, right? And that's not going to help you. It's just going to make you look like, a little bit more like pastor, all right? So you, what we need to do is feast on the Word of God, have a proper diet and that is one way that a soldier becomes stronger. But notice, uh, and this is the part that a lot of us miss, because a lot of times we think, oh, look, I want to be fit. I want to be a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a good Christian. I want God to be proud of my life. So I'm going to diet. I'm going to feast on the word of God. But listen, if you know anything, there is something that goes with dieting. What is it? Exercise. See, we all know it, right? To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't take long to get out of shape, does it not? And, and, and I, I think about this matter of, of exercising. Be, being fit comes from proper exercise. Now, if we, if we eat and don't exercise, that's not good. And if we exercise without eating properly, that's not good for us either. There has to be a balance. Regular exercise must accompany a proper diet. Well, what are some things we need to exercise? All right, here's a good one. You need to exercise your faith. See, as a Christian, as a good soldier, if we're going to be stronger, you know what God wants for you to do? God wants you to become fully dependent on Him. God doesn't want you to trust in, in what you can do. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. See, that's the way we need to live our lives, is having faith in God. Look at Romans, I love this verse, Romans 4.20, and the he there is talking about Abraham, if you were to back up in the passage, but it says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And we all know 2 Corinthians 5, for we walk by faith and not by what? not by sight. Our, the Christian life is a life where we need to exercise faith. Hey, a lot of people like to make fun of Peter because, yeah, he got out of the boat and started to sink, but at least he's, he got out of the boat. At least he had some measure of faith to get out of the boat while the rest of them said, go ahead, Peter, try it, you know? And God says, I want you to exercise. You, the only way you're going to become stronger, hey, look, if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to see your muscles getting bigger. And all of us know that when you go to the gym and you start to exercise those muscles, what happens? You get sore. And you're like, why did I do that? You know? But then you go back to the gym and you work again, and those muscles keep getting stronger and stronger. Same thing happens with your faith. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, O ye of little faith. See, he didn't say they didn't have faith. He says, there's going to be some things in your life because now you're in a spiritual battle 
that I'm going to try to help you understand. Your faith needs to increase. It needs to become stronger. If you're going to be a better soldier, you've got to have faith. Even a soldier has faith in his commander. You know, he believes in what his orders are. And so as a Christian, we see this morning, just like Abraham, we need to be strong in faith. Faith is like a muscle that doesn't grow naturally. It's got to be exercised. And as we exercise living by faith, here's what happens is, as we live by faith on a continual basis, it becomes a habit. See, we'll have faith in God. We'll do what God would have us to do. We establish good habits, hopefully not bad habits, by repetition and those things that we do. We faith God every day. And as we faith God, as we do things by faith for him that, that loved us and gave himself for us, here's what's going to happen is God's going to bless your life as you have faith in him. See, this morning, as the offering plates come by, that's, that's a great way right there. By the way, that's, that's not a, God's not giving you the option. God's commanded us to give, but as that comes, what are you doing? As you put in your tithe, your offering, your faith in God. You're having faith that God will meet your needs. And by the way, that's what the Bible says. He will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, we, we have to exercise our faith. Look what the Bible says as we think about not only exercising our faith, but secondly, we should exercise ourselves in right living. Now, why do I stress this this morning? Because, again, if we're going to be a good soldier, they have to live right. So when you think about this, look at what the Bible says in Acts 24. Paul writes here, he says, Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. You know what that means? In Paul's life, Paul practiced right living. And because he practiced right living, here's the bottom line is for Paul, he had no regrets. Because he lived right in the sight of God and toward all men. Paul was right with his fellow man because he was right with God. See, we have to exercise our faith we have to exercise ourselves to right living. Notice another area that we need to exercise ourselves in is this matter of godliness. Look what Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. He says to Timothy, Refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now look at this next verse. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable Unto what? All things. Now, Paul didn't say, look, <clears throat> you shouldn't exercise. People use this verse right here to say, there you go, right there. That's, that's proof text right there. I don't have to go to the gym. I don't have to work out. I don't have to run. That's not what God's saying here. He's saying that more important than the physical is the spiritual in our lives. He says, make sure that you're exercising yourself unto godliness. He says it's, it's of the utmost importance that we have the right attitude towards God, that you respect God for who he is. Can I tell you, and I, I don't mean this disrespectful, I'm just using it as an example, he's not the big man upstairs. And that's how some people refer to him. They use all kinds of derogatory things and slang words nowadays. Listen, where's the honor and the respect that our God deserves? And, and we need to exercise ourselves to honor him with our lives uh, you know look as we honor God I could tell you this if you're a soldier and you want to honor the core you want to honor your commander whoever it may be that that's going to take work 
And if we're going to honor God, guess what? As a Christian, as a good soldier, it's going to take work to honor God. It's not an easy thing to be a child of God, to be a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to do that, then, then listen, that, that means that if it's going to take work, that, that means that as we grow, that we are going to please Him with our lives. See, there's always room for growth. None of us have arrived. You know, a lot of times you think when you run into a certain uh, uh, soldier in the army, you'll, you'll see by maybe, maybe certain things on their uniform, their hat, you'll see certain things that, that is a designation of their rank. And, and a lot of times you look at it and, and you realize he, that person could go higher in, in their branch of service. See, none of us have arrived. The Apostle Paul said, I've not yet apprehended. You know, Paul says, look, there's still room in my life for growth. And when I, when I look at God's expectations for us as a soldier, God doesn't expect the same from a baby Christian that God expects from a mature one. Let me say that again. Some of us have been saved for a long, long time. God is right to expect more of us that have been saved longer, that have been studying the Word of God longer, that have been in the battle longer than He would a new recruit coming into boot camp. All right. So, so as we think about this, look what it says in Hebrews 5 and verse 14, because earlier I mentioned the sincere milk of the Word, but here in verse 14 of Hebrews 5, he says, Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age or mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, the longer we're saved, we should be growing in the Lord. We should be exercising ourselves in godliness. And that, that way, when we, when we come into contact with something, we ought to, with God's help, to be able to discern that is something good for me, that is not something good for me. That will make me a better soldier. This will not make me a better soldier. And it comes with the proper diet. It comes with the proper exercise. And, and it's so important that we understand this if we're going to be a strong soldier for the Lord. But one of the characteristics was that, yes, we need to be a strong soldier, proper diet and proper exercise. But notice also if we're going to be a good soldier, he also goes on to describe a single-minded soldier. Now, this is something that is, is, is very, very important because being a strong Christian is one thing. But see, as we, as we live for the Lord, we're going, to, we're going to face certain things in our lives. Notice, first of all, a single-minded soldier endures hardness. Look in verse number three back in our text. He says, Paul writes to Timothy, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, hardships are a part of, of, of a soldier's life. I mean, the battle's not going to be easy. And that's why Paul writes and he says, I press toward the mark. You know, it's, it's not some easy thing for him. There's hardships along the way. Success is going to take effort. It's going to take determination and endurance. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this illustration, and hopefully I relay it correctly. If I don't, I know some of you in here served in the Marine Corps. Please uh, don't, don't uh, if you need to correct me, be kind about it, all right? But uh, I was reading this week because I was thinking about the hardness that soldiers go through. And one of the things I came across is what they call the crucible. Is that what it's called? The crucible. And uh, it, there's a lot on this, but with time for time this morning... Uh, it says that, that after 11 weeks of training, 
that the soldiers are then deprived of sleep and food rations, that they go through a variety of mental and physical tests for a period of about 54 hours. They take a 40-mile hike while they're deprived of sleep and and their food's rationed, and and, uh, they do all of this on four hours of sleep. They say, why in the world would anybody subject themselves to that? I mean, certainly, if you go into the Marine Corps, do you know about the crucible before you go in? And yet you go in anyway. You know it's coming, you just, you're waiting for it to come. It's, it's, it's like, you know, having a root canal scheduled, you know? You know it's coming. You know what's going to happen because so many people, why would, a, why would a soldier do that? Why would they go through all that? Because they want to be a soldier in the Marine Corps of the United States of America. That's why they do it. They want to be a soldier. But they realize, if I'm going to do, to do this, if I'm going to make it in the Marine Corps, then I've got to learn to endure hardness. Well, can I tell you this morning, you know, God wants us to understand this morning that if we are going to be a child of God, we've got to understand that there's going to be some hardships in the Christian life. We've got to endure some things. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 3.12, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are they. What's another word for blessed? happy. Look at this. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Look what Peter writes. Peter says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Look, there are many other examples I could give you in the Bible, but what are you seeing? I hope you're seeing what I'm seeing, that God is promising us, yes, hardships. God's promising us afflictions, but along with that, God promises us peace, and he promises us joy. He says, look, I know you're going to go through this. Peter wrote it, and we also saw there that Jesus said, rejoice when you go through this. Now, again, it's, you know, if you were to pull one of those Marines over to the side during that crucible and say, hey, you having fun? You know, that, that Marine would probably be like, are you kidding me? You know, does this look like I'm having fun? But understand that he promises us that he will be with us, that we can know peace and joy. But listen, that peace and joy is never going to be known if there's no hardships. See, because of the hardships, we can experience his peace. Remember what the Bible says, it describes it as a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus said this while he was on this earth, my peace I give unto you. Look at these words here in John 16, 33. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good, what? Cheer. He says, because I've already overcome them. See, he says, if, if you are one of my soldiers, I'm going to help you in the battle. But you've got to understand you're going to endure some things, and a good soldier 
endures hardness. But notice another thing that a good soldier does. A single-minded soldier remains free of entanglement. Look at verse 4. Look what it says here. No man that warreth, remember what I told you about that ETH? It means a continual, ongoing action. See, as a good soldier, the, the battle never ends. When we see Jesus is when the battle's over. So he says right here, no soldier, no, no man warreth, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So a single-minded soldier, here's what he does. He refuses all things that would distract him from his duty. He's going to be single-minded. I came here for a reason. I, I'm a soldier on purpose. Now, I was reading again this week because of Memorial Day, and uh, years ago we had a chance. How many of you have been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? Uh, not many of you. Get to, get to D.C., boy. There's some, there's some great things there. But I'll tell you, it's a moving ceremony. You, they have this area you come in, and, and you could stand or sit there, and, and it's, it's very solemn. And, and, and there's always a soldier on duty, always. doesn't matter. Uh, it, one time we were there and it was, it was raining, the soldier was out. The rain, sleet, s snow, hail, doesn't matter what the weather is, the soldier's there. He's at his post. And when I was, when I was again reminded of this this week, the, the sentinel that they post at the tomb of the unknown soldier, what does he do? He performs his duty. Here's his duty. He takes 21 steps. And which is significant of the 21-gun salute. It's all about the dignity, the respect for, for the fallen. He faces the tomb after taking 21 steps, and he stands there facing the tomb for 21 seconds. Then he changes his weapon to his other shoulder, and then he counts 21 seconds. Then he takes off in the opposite direction, going over, going across the tomb, 21 more steps, and then he repeats the whole process again, and again, and again, and again, and again, until he's relieved from duty. And the next guy that steps in does the exact same thing. When I think about that, the, these soldiers, I mean, you could go there, you could sit there for hours and watch them. It's amazing how they allow no distractions. You know, they say that they train these men that even if you have an itch on your nose, you don't scratch it. Nothing distracts them. And he says, if you're going to be a good soldier, you've got to be single-minded. You cannot let anything distract you from what you are called to do. And there's a lot of distractions in this world today, are there not? I mean, you think about how people are distracted with houses, they're distracted with automobiles, they're distracted with vacations, and these aren't bad things, they're just things that distract us from our duty as a soldier. Again, none of those are bad things, but we need to stay focused on the Lord and understand that even sometimes problems can distract us, and distractions will make us unstable soldiers, you know? I was thinking about, and I didn't use that on purpose, but uh, Brother Flynn's son back here, Robert, and his daughter here, they're heading to Italy, and they're going to go eat food in Italy. And it, what is this, third time? Fourth time? He's, you forgot? Huh? 
Sixth or seventh, I, I thought it was like third or fourth. But here's the thing is, it's not a distraction for Robert. He's in church every Sunday. So that, God says, look, it's okay to do that. Just make sure that, that your mind, your focus is on what's important. Here he is this morning. Man, I'd be at home packing. I'd be, I'd be planning my meal when I got to Italy, you know. That's the way I am. You know, food's important. But look what James writes here. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Hey, how many of you know how dangerous it is if a soldier is out there and he doesn't have single vision? He's, he's double-minded. Uh, listen, that's, that's a bad thing for a soldier to be that way. We've got to keep ourselves free of distractions. Well, how do we do that? By focusing on the Lord. Just focus on the Lord. So a good, a good soldier is a strong soldier. He's a single-minded soldier who, notice uh, letter C here, he also obeys his commanding officer. See, a, a submitted soldier is an effective soldier, one who takes orders. See, look, no, no commander is going to want some soldier underneath of him that's not going to do what he asked him to do. Look what, look what it says in Matthew 8 here. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servants shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. See, what he's saying there is, is that we need to make sure that we're obeying those that have the authority over us. Well, if we're Christians, guess who the authority of the church is? It's not the pastor, it's the Lord himself. And whatever God asks us to do, there, there, listen, there sh we should not even think twice. Remember, he gave his life for us. So the, the thing we can do is to obey our commanding officer. Spiritual warfare must be conducted according to the guidelines that have been in place. For some, it's military, but if we're a good soldier of Jesus Christ, those guidelines for our lives, where are they found? In the Word of God. How, how to live our lives in accordance to the will of God. As Christians, we must be fully aware of who is in charge. That's the whole problem for some people, is I want to live my life my way. But the Bible says from henceforth that we should live unto him who loved us and gave himself for us. And so our lives are not our own because we've been bought with a price. So don't attempt to fight spiritual battles your way. Just submit to your commanding officer. So be a single-minded soldier. Be a strong soldier. But then notice thirdly, and this is a good one, a good soldier is a secure soldier. Now he's secure three ways. One is in his position because he knows who he is and he knows where he stands. You know, his position. If you ask, and, and uh, I was out knocking doors yesterday and I knocked on the door of this man and I talked to Bob for quite a while. We had a good conversation. He was an older gentleman and I talked to him for a while and I just kind of sensed and he gave a clear testimony that he was saved. And, uh, and we talked for a while and, and I was getting ready to leave. I said to him, I go, hey, Bob, I go, did you serve in the military? He goes, yes, I did. I mean, you know, and his chest kind of, yes, I did. And I said, what branch? And he says, I served in the army. And I said, hey, thank you for serving our country. You know? And, and, and listen, it doesn't matter who you ask. I'm in the Coast Guard. You know, I'm in the army. I'm in the Navy. Every one of them thinks they're in the best branch that there is. Doesn't matter who it, what branch it is, you know? I mean, it's just amazing how they, they're all secure in their positions. Why? Because it's an honor 
to serve our country, right? But think about this, if we're a soldier of Jesus Christ, it is the highest honor to serve the King of Kings. There's no greater honor. That's our position today. That's why we're secure. Notice not only in, a, in, a, in a, our position, but a good soldier is secure in his destination. In other words, a good soldier knows where he's heading. You know where Jesus said in John 14, I go away to prepare a place for you, right? If you're saved today, hey, listen, we're heaven bound. It's a wonderful thing that, that honestly, we have a home in heaven already being prepared for us. And we have Christ's promise that someday we're going to rule and reign with him. I'll never forget years ago when I had a chance to go to uh, the, the last service of a great man of God, Dr. Curtis Hudson. Dr. Hudson, was uh, his body was racked with cancer, and Dr. Hudson, I didn't know him uh, real well when he was younger, but they said he was, by the time I got to really know him, they said he was about half the physical size that he was when he was younger. And he was a pretty good size, I, and I know his son, who's a big, big guy. And uh, Dr. Hudson's body was full of cancer. And I went to that funeral service and Dr. Hudson, uh, with a body just full of cancer, stood and he sang a song that his one of his daughters played. He sang the song, we've sang it here before, I'm on the winning side. No more in sin will I abide. You know, he, he knew that his time was short and he was going to be absent from that cancer full body and he was going to be in the presence of Jesus. See, he was, he was secure as a soldier, that he was secure in his position as we are, and he was secure in his destination as we should be. And then notice a good soldier that's secure is secure in his commission. And, and when we talk about commission, another word we could use for soldiers is marching orders, right? And when you think of soldiers, what are they to do? They're, they're to obey and to be faithful. Hey, what's a Christian supposed to do? Live a life of obedience and be faithful to God. The Bible says this, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. Somebody said, commissions are commands to fight. Jesus said, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Sounds to me like that we're going to have to, we're going to have to charge hell with a squirt gun, right? And we're going to have to fight this spiritual battle that the Lord's put us in. And Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So what does God want us to do? He wants us to fight the good fight faithfully till when? Till Jesus comes or till the Lord calls us home. And so let's be a good soldier. It's a privilege to serve under the greatest captain ever, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what, what all of us need to say is, look, I'm going to, every day God gives me, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be a good soldier. And if you haven't been being a good soldier, look here, today, why don't you just go to the Lord and say, reporting for duty, Lord, sorry, I was A-W-O-L for a while, but I'm back and I'm ready to be faithful in the fight until you call me home. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the encouragement from this passage that we, are a, we need to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you allow us to be in your army, Lord, that you allow us to be fighting a worthy cause, a, a good fight. Lord, give us faith. Lord, help us to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.